Ooh, what is happening Slim Society followers? Lovely to see you again. It's your friendly neighborhood nutritionist, Kona Rhodes, coming back at you once again. It is also Friday the 29th of January, just in case you're losing track of days in the pandy. Who can blame you? But it's almost the end of January. It's almost the end of January. And that's what I've come to talk to you about today. There's been lots of members in my program doing Dry January or trying to cut down a little bit in January. Maybe not only with alcohol, but also with food too. Maybe it's been dry chocolate. <laughs> I don't know, a dry chocolate January. Or you've been trying to cut down on crisps or you've been trying to exercise more or anything along these positive lines. And then now it's coming into February and maybe motivation is waning slightly. Maybe you're starting to fade or maybe you're planning to reintroduce alcohol after dry January. So I just want to talk to you about these two topics. First, let's talk about the alcohol, shall we? Let's talk about the alcohol. So if you're on dry January, chances are you're doing that because you are having a very wet December. <laughs> You were probably having a very wet December. If you feel the need to go on absolutely no alcohol, maybe it's because before, in your opinion, maybe you were on a little bit too much of the old sauce. So maybe that is balance for you. And maybe you feel like you've created a good balance now and maybe you've done well. Maybe you were drinking a little bit too much on the run up to Christmas or in between, etc. And then in January, maybe you have done it. Maybe you've cut it out and you're like, yes, look at me doing the damn thing. And you should be proud. You should be proud of that. Maybe that is how you've created balance. If you were on a little bit too much before, maybe you go to zero and then that's averaged it out now. And now you're looking to reintroduce and good and good. I never recommend for long-term happiness that anybody cuts out anything that they love, food or drinks, fully out of their life forever. Because even if it works, like if you come to me and you really love wine or you really love chocolate, and then I'm like, yeah, but too many calories, banned. You know that chocolate that you love? It's banned. And then you just don't eat any ever again. And let's say it's successful and it makes you slim. Okay. We've created happiness in one area, haven't we? But we've removed it in another. You're going to be happy because you'll be slim. Sure. But you're also going to be missing out on having a nice drink with your friends or settling down on a Friday afternoon with a nice glass of lager or one in the sun when it's back to summer, or, you know, enjoying your favorite chocolates or a packet of crisps on a lunchtime. So you're gonna be happier in one area, but you're gonna, we're gonna have removed happiness in another area. We've not even won. We've not even created happiness. That's neutral at best, isn't it? We've just moved a problem from one area to another. This is not necessarily winning. What I want for you is for you to be able to drink the things you want to drink, eat the things you want to eat, and still be in the health position that you want to be in. Still have your weight in a place that you find preferable and still have you feeling good. And this can be done. It's just about balance. So my first point today is I just wanted to urge you just, just to strike for that balance, even if it is a little bit difficult at first. When you're reintroducing the alcohol after dry January, just please just try not to go back to immediately what you were doing before. Because that's what's created the problems in the first place. It's made you feel like you need to cut it out, isn't it? So you've just got to really try not to. And you're also probably about to recognize a lesson as well. Whether you've been on a good run with food in January as well. Maybe you've been eating well. Maybe, maybe you've not cut out the alcohol, but maybe you've been eating well throughout January. Now you're looking to just, oh, I've done a month of eating well. Maybe you're fancying a takeaway or a few chocolates here or there. You can, but you just need to be careful with the re-entry. Probably you're about to learn a lesson or you're about to be reminded of a lesson 
Something you've experienced but maybe didn't fully understand. You know how you crave things. I know, I know that you do. I know you understand that feeling. Food and, food and drink-wise, let's say. You think when you eat the thing that you crave that you quote-unquote hit that craving. That you've hit the craving. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really fancying this thing, so I'm going to hit that craving. No. What you're doing is feeding that craving. Literally and metaphorically, you are feeding the craving. Do you know what that does? That's what's keeping it alive. You're causing it to grow. It might slink away into the background for a short amount of time, but it's going to come back bigger and stronger. Eating the things that you crave or drinking the things that you crave is what perpetuates more cravings. This is why maybe when you, when you were switching on to the dry January or onto a healthy food January, it's a little bit of a struggle at first, isn't it? When you're cutting down or out that alcohol or you're cutting down or out those snacks and that junk food and your brain's crying. Oh, but I used to get more mouth pleasure than this each day. Where's it gone? Oh, and your brain cries, doesn't it? But for how long? If you're on flipping January the 29th, if you're on 29th dry, dry day, how long did it take? Even if you were a big drinker before, before you kind of got used to it. For chocolate and crisps and stuff like that, it's usually not that long. You know, after you cut them out, after like three days, you start to even wonder why you even felt like you needed it before. Because it's not a need, is it? You don't actually need it. It's just a very strong desire. It's a trick of the mind. It's a want so strong, it feels like a need. You don't actually need cake, do you? <laughs> Alcohol is a little bit different because it has physically and mentally addictive properties. Food is not physically addictive. Like people are like, oh, I'm addicted to sugar. No, maybe in a way it's psychologically addictive and habit forming, but it's not physically addictive. Like if you really, really, really want cake and you don't get cake, what will happen? Nothing. You'll just still want cake, won't you? If someone's a big drinker, because alcohol's drugs at the end of the day, isn't it? If, um, if someone's a big drinker and then they quit cold turkey, they can die sometimes, can't they? Same as like if someone's taking loads of heroin or something and then you quit, you can die straight away cold turkey. You have to wean off these things. Not, that's not the same as cake. You don't have to wean off cake <laughs> necessarily, do you? So food and alcohol is not exactly the same, but that does add another little bit of a factor, let's say, that should be taken into account with alcohol, that it's physically and mentally addictive. So after you have your first drink after dry January, enjoy it, number one, but just watch for it, number two, because probably the next day, yes, you're going to want it again. Probably after you eat that bit of chocolate or you have a takeaway after you've been dieting or you have a drink after you've been on dry January. Do you know what that's going to do? That's just going to remind you that yes, you actually do love that thing. You were right. That's why you had a problem with it in the first place, isn't it? That's why you had a problem with it in the first place because you're going to be reminded that yes, actually you do want that thing. And even if your body doesn't want it, your brain thinks it's in charge, doesn't it? Your brain loves alcohol and junk food. Your body hates it. Your body loves healthy food and exercise. Your brain hates it. It's a yin-yang. But please do not only listen to your brain. Your brain just, because it's the thinking mechanism, it's the thing that's telling you that it's in charge. It's the, the brain has decided that it's in charge, but it's conjoined and intertwined. It's non-dual with everything else. Your body's also part of it. Isn't it? You've also part of it. So you just, you've got to have balance between these two things, even if it's difficult. So after you're having that first drink, maybe it's on a weekend, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not even on a weekend and you have your first drink. Then the next evening after a hard day at work or you're settling down, your brain will say, do it again. Do it again. 
And your brain does, it loves it. Dopamine, pleasure, stimulation, change. Your brain loves it. But if it's causing you issues, if it's causing you weight management issues, or you've got an addictive personality type and you tend to take things too far, and this has been one of the things that you've taken too far, and that's why you were doing the dry January, or why you're trying to keep that chocolate or sweet out, and you're trying not to go back to it, not fully anyway, just try not to go straight back to what you were doing before. It might take effort, it might, but you can create balance. This could be a very important time for a lot of you right now. This could be a, a clinching moment, an important time that could make or break all the, all, the, all the efforts and all that all that effort that you've just put in, all that willpower, all that focus that you've just put into that dry January. It, you might be about to just pour it down the sink <laughs> if you just go straight back. Like some people in my group were doing, were doing dry January because before that on the run up to Christmas, they were drinking every day. Just don't go back to doing it every single day. That, that's, when it start, that's when it starts to become a little bit too much, unless you're balancing it into a balanced diet, like just one glass of wine a day. And then okay, isn't it? Like if you're having one chocolate bar a day for 200, 250 calories and you're fitting it into a healthy balance, then okay. But probably if you've just felt the need to go flipping cold turkey on it and cut it out at January the 1st, probably that ain't you. Probably there wasn't a balance going on before. So now can be an important time to strike one. So don't only listen to the brain. Also, give the body what it wants and needs to, which is movement and balance, not just sugars and fats <laughs> and alcoholic carbonated beverages. <laughs> so just try and take some balance between things. Um, I think I should move on to the next point. What do you think? Because point number two of today's talk that I wanted to bring up was also just about struggling in general. Like maybe it's not even dry January for you. Maybe you're just trying to healthy eat. Maybe you're just trying to cut down on the alcohol. Just this year, just moving forward, just from now. Just trying to be a little bit healthier, trying to be a little bit happier. Maybe it's with the food. Maybe you've been trying to exercise a little bit more, snack a bit less. Maybe it has been some alcohol-related goals. Do you know that by now, moving into February, most people have already given in on their New Year's resolutions. Most people have already failed them. They've left them behind. Everybody else is about too soon. Most people fail their New Year's resolutions. And there's a whole myriad of reasons that I'm not going to go into on this specific video. But I've been into them a thousand times before. But I'm going to help you with a big one. And it's to do with the diet. Because I was having a specific conversation with a lady. In fact, I'll just read you. One moment. Here we go. I'll just read you the exact question. This is from her to me after a good January on the food. She's doing well. She says, I'm losing weight well. She's on my program. I'm losing weight well, but I keep feeling hungry. I'm trying to use my willpower to push on. Pause for a second. She also said to me she's trying to use her willpower to push on like other programs have told her to do in the past. I'm going to go into that in a moment. But I'm starting to really struggle to keep the food controlled. What should I do? One of my real members questions to me. Now I teach all of my members, like I've taught you about here in the public, if you've been a follower, many, many times before, about diet fatigue. A real thing that comes from the difficulty of the process of causing weight loss, of actually doing the thing, of losing weight. It's tough. You know it's tough if you've tried it before. <laughs> Everybody knows it's tough. It's tough for me too, even though I'm a professional that teaches and coaches people every single day of my life on how to be successful through it. It's still a difficulty for me too. I'm not nutritional Jesus. 
I don't just eat perfectly <laughs> or anything like this. Diet fatigue's real. Every single day that you have a calorie deficit, quote unquote, every day that you cause fat loss, that's the same thing. Every day that you don't feed your body enough food, that's what a calorie deficit is. Do you actually know what a calorie deficit is? It's purposefully not feeding yourself enough food. It's for a positive purpose, for weight loss, for weight management, for health improvement, yes, for control, yes. But still, it's purposeful, mild, controlled starvation. It's purposeful, mild starvation. And this is difficult, especially in the Western world, the modern food environment, where there's a lot of junk food, it's cheap and inexpensive, it's pushed into our faces from every angle, and it's, it's difficult, isn't it? You already know the game. Every day that you have a calorie deficit, did you know this though? It's harder to create the calorie deficit the next day, mentally and physically. Every single day that you don't eat enough food, that you cause weight loss, even though that's a successful and great thing that I know you're happy about, it's harder to do it the next day. You've got hunger hormones, like one's called ghrelin. And you know, if you take blood tests on someone who's dieting, every single day they're in a calorie deficit, that ghrelin hormone that makes you hungry rises. It's physical increase in hunger. You've also got hormones inside you that's, that signal to your body that you've got good nutrition. One's called leptin. It's a satiety fullness hormone. It drops. Every single day that you have a calorie deficit, you've got less leptin than the day before. Even as you lose body fat, you end up with less leptin as well. So you don't feel as full from the same amount of food as you did before. So it's, your body's making you hungrier. It's fighting back a little bit. It's pushing back. It, it's, it really, it's, it's an evolutionary built in survival mechanism that's there for a good reason. Um, humans are supposed to love food. We're supposed to be driven to search for, seek, find and gorge <laughs> food. We are. Because food's supposed to be hard to get and food keeps you alive, doesn't it? You know what happens if you don't eat food? You die. <laughs> don't you, you die. Things start to go south pretty fast. Don't they, if you don't eat food. So you're supposed to love food. You know, people come to me all the time. Oh, I just love food so much. I'm like, yeah, it's because you're a human. <laughs> you're, the human brain is wired to love salts and sugars and fats because without them, you die. You're supposed to crave them. You're supposed to think about them. You're supposed to see that Sunday roast and think, oh my God, <laughs> you really are. You're supposed to think, oh my God, that is life. Because to some people it is. Even in, even in 2021, in half of the world today, people still go to sleep hungry, don't they? Literally, don't they? Food is literally life, so you're supposed to feel like that. But for us in the Western world, it's just a little bit too much. It's a little bit too easy access and it's a little bit too everywhere, isn't it? We've got a little bit too much of it. So we have an opposite problem where we have to try and stay controlled. We have to fight off our ancient instincts, which do tell us to gorge. Tells you to gorge, hide, don't do this, be lazy, don't take chances. All these things are a bad idea <laughs> in the modern world. In the modern world, they are. Um, it's because we've got an old brain and body in a brand new modern world. So diet fatigue builds as you as you, um, I, I just said, as you exercise, which is true. <laughs> I said the wrong word. That's not the word I meant to say. But it's true that um, exercise does contribute to how tired your body is because the, the diet literally is physically and mentally stressful. It's restrictive on you. You have to have control, which drains your willpower. It's also physically difficult, like I've just explained to you internally with hormone changes. And you have to put up with hunger and you might have slightly lower energy levels and all this business. This is real. The diet's difficult. And if you've been going since January and you're now four weeks in and you're thinking you're struggling, I am not surprised. Even studies show that not many people get more than like six to eight weeks into a diet without screwing it up. 
I am not surprised if you're finding it difficult at this point in January. I've got a tip top tip from you though. It's a tip top tip from the top. This is what I get my fat loss members to do and this is what nobody else damn well does. And when I say this to you, it's gonna make perfect sense. And you're gonna be hopefully as appalled as I am that nobody's told you this before and it's had to get to me, this guy on the internet is having to tell you things that sound obvious even though you've been trying this dieting business for so long. You need to take breaks on the diet. What? What, but I know, no one's ever told you that before, have they? You can join Skinny Watchers, Weight World, Team HR, anyone, join them. Go see a nutritionist, a dietitian. Go talk to your doctor. Buy a meal plan online. Get something off the Instagram. Do it. Do you know what they'll do? They'll say, here's the plan. Three, two, one, go. And then they expect you to just follow it to the end, don't they? This is, without being vulgar with my language, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. It's absolutely 100% unfeasible and unrealistic. It's nigh on, it's not impossible, but it's so close to impossible that it might as well be in the actual real world. It makes no sense, no sense. You, no one can diet every single day. People who are successful do not even try to do this. Humans, we do not do anything that's difficult every single day. Usually, it's a bad idea. Do you know what else is difficult? Working. What would happen if you went to work every single day with no days off? You'd start to hate it, wouldn't you? You'd get burnt out on it pretty fast, wouldn't you? You'd be stressed. You'd be sick of it. And I will tell you, I'm in the UK, wherever you might be in the world. In the UK, there are more overweight people than unemployed people. So you could say on average that this country struggles more with weight management than we struggle with employment. So we could say that dieting is at least equally hard as working, if not harder. People come to me all the time, every single week. New members to my program come to me and do you know what they say? I've got things in control in my life. And maybe, I, maybe they say they look after their kids well. Maybe they say they've got a good job. They've got a good career. They're an intelligent person. But this food thing, this is the one thing they cannot get under control. And it is difficult, I understand. It is difficult, I understand. Um, and part of it's not their fault. Part of it's you've been given terrible advice. You've been given nigh on nonsensical advice from other people who just expect you to diet every single day. You don't work every day, do you, like I've said? You'd just get sick of it, wouldn't you? You know you would. It's why you have to take holidays. You take two days off every week from work and you take six weeks off probably a year for holidays, don't you? And if work gets that bad for you, your doctor will give your boss a note telling him to piss off because you need a break, won't he? And we've already ascertained that because there's more overweight people than unemployed people, probably you could say that dieting's equal if not harder than working. But you'll take breaks from work, but you don't think or want to take breaks from the diet. Mm. You know, if you worked every day, you'd make more money. Like, you know, if you diet every day, you'll lose fat faster. True. But you'll also burn out. True. You know, if you exercise, do you exercise every day? Probably not. Even professional athletes do not exercise every single day. 
This is not a good idea. Not unless you do such a tiny amount of exercise that it's barely affecting you. Like if you were dieting but you had such a tiny calorie deficit that it was barely affecting you, then okay. But if you're trying any decent level of hard or putting any decent level of effort in, you don't exercise every day, not even pro athletes. They take days off, they take weeks off, sometimes months per year off, literally. To take breaks, to let the body rest and recover. Why do you think the diet should be or can be any different to this? And I know, why has nobody else told you this before? Why do they just expect you to go and go and go and go and go until four, six, eight, ten weeks into the diet, you can't keep it up anymore? Or maybe you do. And you all know people who have, don't you? You know people, they've lost five stone. You know those people who've lost five stone and then they gain back five or maybe they lose ten stone, anywhere in between. And then they gain it back in the same amount of time, roughly, that, it's, that it took them to lose it. Do you know what this indicates to me, externally as a coach with understanding? If you lose five stone and then you immediately gain five stone back, you had five stone of diet fatigue and restriction and just calorie restriction and hunger and cravings just backlogged up behind you and you were plugging it like a dam and then at the first sniff of a takeaway after you after you achieved your goal the entire thing just kaboom and just explodes and then you think oh i can't stop eating junk no i'm not surprised i'm not surprised because you've been just restricting yourself so hardcore for so long you just you didn't go about it in the right way you shouldn't you shouldn't have tried to lose all that weight in one go like I said, every time you, every day you diet, you get hungrier the next day and you can ignore it and starve yourself half to death, but it's going to come back to bite you eventually. Same as with your cravings. You can't help being a human and wanting to eat nice things and you shouldn't be feeling bad about that either. You should be fitting it in to your actual diet and lifestyle. So before I go on for too long, you know this diet fatigue business caused by dieting? Guess what fixes it? Good answer. Not dieting. Correct, ding, 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 not dieting. So guess what I get people to do and guess what you should do? You should take breaks, but you should take controlled breaks. Let's stick with the similar analogy of work. When you take a break, why are you going to work to get money? When you take a break from work, if you spend all of your money in your bank account, this is not gonna be successful and you're not gonna get far. Every weekend, hopefully, you don't blast your entire bank account out of the water and go way into your overdraft because you're going to be ruining it, aren't you? By the time it gets around to next weekend, you're not even going to have made enough money back to even get out of the overdraft and then you're going to blast it even further in. It's the exact same equivalent as gaining weight. You can, you can be eating well Monday to Friday, but if you're going to blast all your calories out of the water, like going into your overdraft, you just spend all the money that you've just earned on a weekend, you're not going to be going forwards. You might even gain, even with five days well. Five days of working versus two days of just wild spending. Five days of dieting versus two days of just wild eating. You could ruin the whole thing, couldn't you? You could ruin the whole thing. So I don't, I don't want you to ruin all the work, all the good work that you've just put in. What would be the point in that? So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? If we can't continue the diet because we will grind ourselves into the dust and we don't want to overeat either, we should medium eat, shouldn't we? We should eat at, the, what, what, at what's called the maintenance level. The amount of food that keeps your body the same weight that it is. That's the amount of food that your body actually requires. That's what you should eat. So when you're dieting, you're eating less than your body needs on purpose. This is bringing the weight down, but it's difficult. We need to take breaks in this process. You understand why now. But when you take a break, you don't want to gain weight back, do you? No. Because then that's counterintuitive. That's counterproductive. It's taking us backwards to where we've just been, the place where we didn't want to be. So we don't want to go backwards on the break. So what can we do? We don't want to keep low calories. We don't want to go high calories. You have to have medium calories, the right amount of calories. 
And I know that's unusual, isn't it? Because most people just go, January, Cambridge diet, 500 calories a day, yay! Or some dumbass meal plan. Supplements only, yay! 500 calories. Oh, I can't keep this up any longer. You just diet fatigue yourself into the dirt. Then you end up gorging on kebabs and pizzas and takeaways and ice cream until you feel sick and sad. This is not the way. I know most people swing from just, oh, now I'll get back on it. And they think on it is super low calories and they just swing from low to high to low to high to low to high. And it just plays havoc with your mind, with your body. It just, it's just playing havoc. We just need balance. Balance is best. I, for my members, I figure out how fast their metabolism is for them and then just tell them what roughly the right amount of calories to eat is so that they're not losing weight and causing more diet fatigue. We're taking a little break from that weight loss for a day to maybe a week if they feel like they need it. But they also know how many, what's the maximum amount of calories-ish that they can go up to with their intake during this break without putting on any significant weight and gaining things back. Simple, isn't it? Simple. Simple. So you know if for your diet, you're eating just two meals a day, or you're doing a little bit of a fast, or I don't know, whatever you're doing, you're doing just healthy eating, or you haven't ordered takeaway for flipping four weeks, or whatever, because you've been doing great since Jan. Good. Good. But if it's getting tough for you, if your cravings are starting to build in the background and you can feel them, if your hunger's starting to build in the background and you can feel it, and even after you eat something, you're just still hungry afterwards and it's not going away, and it's causing you real stress and struggle, then you need to take a break on the diet. It's a long game. Faster dieting's more fun, isn't it? You know, if you keep your calorie intake lower for longer, yeah, you'll lose more weight faster. But it's also harder, isn't it, to do that? And the diet's hard enough as it is. You already know, don't you? You already know, because you've tried it before. The diet's hard enough as it is without you making it harder for yourself without making it harder than it has to be. So you can scream forward with quote-unquote willpower, and I will make a change, January, new year, new me, ah, screaming forward on 1,000 calories a day, like you're doing the damn thing. That doesn't necessarily impress me. If you do that, it worries me a little bit. If my members do that, I like it when they eat low calories, yes, they'll get a good result, fantastic, that's what they want, that's what I'm here for, to get them a good weight loss result. But the more they do it, and the longer it goes on without a break, just more deficit, and more deficit, and more deficit, and more deficit. I'm literally expecting to get a message. Probably not even when they start overeating, probably three days after, saying, Connor, I can't stop. I can't stop overeating just wildly on junk. I'm like, I know, look, I know. I know, this is because you've just dieted for five weeks in a row without stopping, and you thought you were fine, but really you were running on gusto and adrenaline. On, yeah, I've lost weight again, yeah, look at me, go. And so and you're just not being mindful of your body and paying attention to the signals that it's actually giving you and you're just pretending that you weren't hungry and that you can just keep this up forever this restriction and pushing away these cravings and I will say no to everything no you won't no you won't you're a human you're fallible the first time you say no or the first time you say yes even it's just it just unplugs the dam doesn't it the first time you say yes to a bit of chocolate and then it reminds you how much you love it like I spoke to you about at the beginning of this conversation then it's going to be hell again, isn't it? As it all starts compiling back in. So you just need to go steady. You need to take breaks on the diet. You need to try and just fit it into balance. So try and just bring your food intake up to a more manageable level at periods throughout the diet. It's really difficult for me to tell you what that level is. It's impossible really for me to tell you what that level is without actually knowing you, <laughs> without actually talking to you. And at least having a few messages back and forth with you to figure out how much you weigh <laughs> and stuff like this. And what kind of a person you are. <laughs> Physically, not like. <laughs>
not psychologically <laughs> or personality wise physically like how tall are you like how much do you weigh what's your activity levels like then i can make a rough estimation on your metabolism um and this is this is just basic information that you should know about yourself really if you do, if you don't know how fast your own metabolism is people say it all the time though don't they people come to me all the time as well tell me they tell me in the consultation on the phone or on video call to me that they've got a slow metabolism but when i actually check for them you know 90 percent of people they actually don't a lot of people, they come and tell me they've got the slowest metabolism. They're like, my, my metabolism's a flipping moped. Or whatever they think it is. It's a old donkey. <laughs> my metabolism. And then when I actually test it, a lot of people come out above average. And I'm like, sores. <laughs> I mean, it's not your metabolism. You were just eating more calories than you thought you were. And that's a really easy thing to do in this Western world. It's not even a bad thing. It's a good thing. Because if your metabolism is slow, we can fix it. I teach people how to boost their metabolisms up, definitely. Um, you can contribute to, to having a faster metabolism. You can, you can do things about it. But it's not as easy as just realizing that you ate more calories than you think you did. And then you, we, can, we can change that much easier. We can just cut down a few calories out of your diet way easier than we can boost your metabolism up. It's, we can do both, but it's, it's, it's a bit more of a thing to try and boost your metabolism up, it's, it's easier just to eat a little bit less or just to, I don't know, make a few low calorie choices. So take breaks from the diet just like you take breaks from your work, just like you take breaks from exercise. You can take a weekend off. Try not to make it a full gorge, like try not to just go gambling and just, <laughs> you know, blast your entire bank account out of the water on a weekend when you do take a break. Just, but, but eat a bit more. You can have an ice cream few chocolates, it's fine. You can order a takeaway. It's fine, honestly. It's only not fine if it starts to spiral out of control, like I was saying about the alcohol, isn't it? Like if it's a Friday, like it's literally Friday today. So I hope you've got that Friday feeling. I hope you're planning for a good weekend going forward. Remember to stay busy and not bored. I know it's a little bit difficult in the pandy, isn't it? We're stuck in the middle of it. But, well, we are in the UK here anyway, depending on where you're listening. Keep yourself busy. Spend your time on you. If you feel bored... Boredom also is a sign of freedom. I know that sounds crazy at first, but if you're bored, that means you've got nothing to do. That means nobody's demanding anything from you, does it? If nobody's demanding anything from you, that doesn't mean do nothing. doesn't mean don't demand anything of yourself. It means spend your time on yourself. Just because nobody else is demanding that you must be here and do this, and you're thinking, well, I don't know what to do now then. Do things for yourself. Spend time with your family. Call your friends. Book in a video call. Spend more time cooking a healthier meal. Go for a walk, you know. Play an instrument, read a book. There's things you can do. Stay positive this weekend. Um, and if you are taking a break on the diet this weekend, I think good. I take I take breaks on my diets all the time. Do I eat more on weekends? Yes. Do I order takeaways? Yes. I just balance it out the rest of the time. I don't order three or four takeaways on a weekend. Just one. Don't drink beer Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Just one. You know, just one. Just making it balanced. Just making it balanced. Friday or Saturday, okay, a few too many calories. Sunday, I'm usually busy anyway. It's a big day for me and my members. I check in with all my members on a Sunday. We have a Zoom meeting and stuff like that as well. So it's a big it's a big day for me. It's a busy day. Also making content, etc. So I'm busy on a Sunday. So usually I don't eat much. Stay busy, not bored is a good tip, honestly. Especially at this minute in the pandemic. Stay busy, not bored is a good tip. How does that saying go? Idle hands are the devil's workshop. <laughs> Getting biblical on you right now. That's a fucking quote from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see what it's getting at, kind of, can't you? Ish. In like a 2,000 year old kind of way. But you can see what it's kind of getting at. Stay busy, not bored. 
you'll eat less, you'll stay on track better, it's more productive for your life, isn't it? When you do take breaks, just make them manageable. Do you think that's enough from me? I think that's enough from me. Half an hour on this recording. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've had a great time. I have been Connor Rhodes, your friendly neighbourhood nutritionist, once again here on this Slim Society well platform, wherever you are really. You might be listening on iTunes, you might be listening on Podbean, you might be watching on Facebook, you might be on Spotify, you might be on the Stereo app where you can also find me many places across the old interweb. If you're on a platform where you can leave comments, then please do. If you want to contact me or you want information on how I can help you or how my uh, five-star member rated, it's not even five-star rated by flipping some, I don't even know what, other fat loss program or other nutritionists or a newspaper. It's rated five stars by the people who actually use it. Which is, that's way more important, <laughs> isn't it? That's exactly what you want it to be. Five star rated member, uh, member rated fat loss program. Go to slumsociety.co.uk. Um, you can see videos of me there explaining how things work. You can also contact me through the website or through the Facebook page or, I don't know, contact me somehow. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening or watching. I'll speak to you and I'll see you again soon.